Hey, come here, quick question. Is that big woman still here? In fact, she is. It's Mother of Ra, and you are listening to A Blunt in the Morning. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? How's your heart doing? How's your mind doing? I know I switched it up by changing the podcast name and people are like, how dare she? She disappears and then she comes back and changes the podcast name. What's up with that? I'm going to tell you what's up with that. So Mother of Raw originally started a year ago on my first Mother's Day. And I have evolved from that day, and it's only been a year, but I have evolved since then, and the podcast, coincidentally, in return, has also evolved. Mother of Raw is what I call myself. That's who I am. But I want to make sure that the things that I want to accomplish in the different avenues that I'm going after, I want to make sure they have their own lane to shine. And in order to do that, I'm compartmentalizing. So while I am the mother of raw, a blunt in the morning will be my podcast. Queen size organic is my t-shirt line. I'm going to talk about that some more later. And I've got other things that I'm working on as well that I can't tell you about yet. But they're happening. The bones of a blunt in the morning are very similar to the bones of mother of raw. I'm still a mom. I still like to tell funny stories about my parenting wins and fails. I am still a proud black woman that will always, always advocate for women, women of color, black women. I will make sure that I continue to advocate for that. I am also a cannabis advocate. Marijuana is something that has helped me tremendously dealing with my nerve damage from my c-section marijuana marijuana products cbd products thc products whatever the fuck they've been extremely helpful to me extremely helpful so i will always always advocate for the legalization of marijuana the normalization of moms using marijuana in ways to help them not only with their postpartum depression but with pain having a baby hurts like a bitch it hurts whether you pushing them out Or whether you're getting them cut out, baby, it hurts both ways. And living and dealing with nerve damage from a C-section, I'm glad to have weed in my corner. All right? And I will make sure that I do what I need to do to make sure that I have access to those things. Also, I like to talk about the way I practice self-care, both mind and body and not just bath bombs and glitter and makeup no sometimes the hard stuff like addressing the fact that you're being lazy or addressing the fact that you're being toxic to yourself or how that good vibes only thing is really a myth Mm. yeah all of that all of that i'm keeping it a stack i'm keeping it honest i like to try to be transparent let you know that i make mistakes in the hopes that i can relate I can be relatable to someone who feels like they're making the same mistake, but they feel like they're in it by themselves or they feel the same way. They have the same emotions, that same mom guilt that you have, all of those things. I am still going to be talking about all of that stuff. I just changed the name. That's it. So I hope that's not too scary. I still would love to have guests we can have a blunt in the morning together. We could get, we could have breakfast, mimosas. It could be a whole vibe. And I mean that. So if you are in the DMV area and you're ever interested in being a guest on a blunt in the morning, hit me up. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. But now that I'm back, I need to make sure that I stay here because it's like every time I disappear, there's so much stuff that happens and there's so many things I want to talk about and then I don't record anything and then I end up feeling stupid and I feel like I missed out on all this content, but I'm getting myself together. I'm getting myself together. I feel better. Seasonal depression is a bitch. Um, my postpartum depression, all of that, all that shit, it kind of hangs out a little too a little too much for my comfort zone so i'm stepping out of my comfort zone since i'm realizing that my anxiety and my depression tend to live where i'm comfortable i'm doing things differently and it's scaring the shit out of me but i feel um i feel i feel good i feel good stuff's happening y'all let's get into it 
All right, so I figured since I haven't been on here for a while that I could open up on some common ground. A common ground right now is Game of Thrones. It is. I have been elated at the amount of people I see uniting over Game of Thrones. It's beautiful. In a world where we have so much shit going on and so many people finding so many reasons to hate each other for so much dumb shit, I am so happy that people from all different colors and cultures are indulging in this here last season of Game of Thrones. I'm so excited about that, y'all. It makes me feel real good. And around here, liking things that aren't considered, oh, I don't know, generic for black people to like will not get your black card revoked. Because around here, I live in my blackness and liking something outside of what you think I should like or what people say you're supposed to like, it doesn't exist. Everybody holds on to their black card around here. The only way you're going to ever get a black card off of me is if you cut a piece of my skin off. And I guarantee you, if that happens, you're not going to live. Anyway, Game of Thrones is on. And I think, what are we, four episodes in now, y'all? And it's been crazy. But this is not a discussion about Game of Thrones as a whole. However, mm, I just thought about that. However, if you would like to be a co-host or a guest and do an episode with me on Game of Thrones once the season is over, and I'm talking about a whole, a whole breakdown of the whole thing, hit me up. We could talk. That would be super interesting. I would love to do that. This is about Sansa. Okay, I'm just going to talk about Sansa because I don't want to talk about the show because I don't know who's seen what episodes so far. But I want to talk about Sansa. I like Sansa. I've liked Sansa since she was younger. I didn't like her as much when she was younger because she was a little annoying. But I've always liked the Stark girls. Arya and Sansa are probably two of my favorite characters on the show. What I do not appreciate is the amount of Sansa bashing that I've seen lately a whole lot of people seem put off by Sansa keeping it a stack and keeping it real with her brother everybody's like how dare Sansa give her opinion to John about Daenerys how dare she I'm sorry uh, where do y'all come from where you're where you don't want your family to look out for you he knows she knows that John is in love with Daenerys he knows that and she knows that. Everybody can clearly see that. Sansa is looking out for the North. That is her home. She had been away from her home for so long. Sansa had been through some shit. Sansa had had to deal with Joffrey, Littlefinger, Ramsay, all of these trifling mofos. Sansa had dealt with it. And she's made it out. And she's her character development has been crazy. So you cannot expect, because Daenerys come riding in here on her big lizards... That she's just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, she's 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 our queen. You can't tell me that you cannot relate to a situation where someone is in a place of power and you don't think that they are the best person to be in that particular place of power. <laughs> Trump. That's not I'm not coming and I'm not comparing Daenerys to Trump. Right. I would rather her be president than him. But I'm saying you do I know what that feels like to be like, well, just because you're telling me that this is supposed to be our queen, especially now what I know about John, maybe I don't think maybe I don't think she's the best person for this. Sansa loves her home and Sansa loves her brother. So this is not a I hate Daenerys post. Uh, I mean, section. <laughs> this is a I love Sansa section. And this is a I love Game of Thrones section. And this is a open up to let you know that I am a interesting individual and I have lots of interests and lots of different things. And I just I felt some type of way. I've seen a whole lot of people being like Sansa's being a whiny bitch. And I don't appreciate that. Put some respect on Sansa's name. Y'all put all this respect on Arya's name. Y'all put all this respect on Jon Snow's name. Everybody loves the Hound. Everybody loves, what's his name? Bronn. Well, Bronn don't really, Bronn is the Raven now. He's the Raven. Nothing else matters because he's the Raven. But everybody loves everybody. And I feel like I've been seeing a lot of hate against Sansa. So put some respect on Sansa's name. 
that's it we'll talk about game of thrones on another day don't think don't think it's over because i've got so much to say about this season so much to say like brienne brienne in that house coat for y'all for y'all who know what's going on brienne in that house coat that shit hurt my feelings it hurt my feelings but we we're gonna see what's going on it's okay we're gonna see what's going on but that's that's my game of thrones rant respect sansa and we good moving on so i know i mentioned queen size organic in the beginning and i'm just circling around to talk about that real quick queen size organic is my t-shirt line i told you i've been doing stuff and it means queen at any size organically however you are it's all about being your most comfortable self and i thought about that i was like what do i do what am i wearing when i feel comfortable and i feel comfortable in a t-shirt right i don't know what it is about cotton t-shirts but i just i love cotton t-shirts and i like shirts that say sassy borderline inappropriate things i like shirts that have positive affirmations on them but in a boss badass type of way and my creativeness as a person is genius for putting sassy, borderline, inappropriate things on shirts. And I feel like it's a line that my plus size women can relate to. It's a line that my mothers can relate to. It's a line that my entrepreneurs can relate to. There's a, it's a big hug, honestly. It's a big hug to a big community of women that I just want to feel comfortable. I just want y'all to feel comfortable. Like when you've got a rush to take your kids to school and you pull on your you pull on a T-shirt. I want you to put on your queen size organic T-shirt when you're done masturbating and you want a snack. I want you to grab your queen size organic T-shirt when you have to go out into the garden. Put on your queen size organic T-shirt. Right. You're waiting at the bus stop with the other moms and you don't really want to talk to them. You know, put on your shirt, put on your queen size organic shirt. Have everybody read your shirt. Maybe they won't talk to you. When your dick appointment shows up and you don't have any clothes on, but you don't really want to get too dressed because you know you're about to take your clothes off again anyway, put on your queen size organic shirt. But anyway, the website is currently on maintenance mode because I am working on the summer, fall, summer going into fall lookbook. I've got new t-shirt designs. I'm doing different colors. I'm changing the web design on the actual website. It's a lot going on, but I'm excited. For everyone who has supported Queen Size Organic so far, thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate seeing you wear my shirts. I love sharing people who wear my shirts. I wear my shirts everywhere I go. At least I try to because I'm advertising for myself. I don't have the money to pay any brand ambassadors with 40 and 50,000 followers to wear my shirt. So I'm just gonna have to wear it and introduce myself and answer questions about the shirt when people ask me about it because I'm my own brand ambassador. I don't allow the algorithm, that's such a big word, right? On Instagram now, the algorithm. I don't allow that to scare me into being an entrepreneur. And I'm gonna tell you why. Even though my little 440-something followers that I have may not seem like a lot in the grand scheme of people who have millions, hundreds of millions of followers, but the engagement that I get from that small group of people is great. It's awesome. I feel supported by that smaller group of people. I feel like I can interact better with that smaller group of people. So it doesn't discourage me at all. It doesn't discourage me at all. And, I, and I'm saying that because I want other people, if you're thinking about starting a business, a boutique, a line, whether it's hair care, cosmetics, clothing, whatever it may be, and you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to be as popular as somebody else because you don't, got the, you don't have the following, you don't have the followers, that number. I don't want you to worry about that. Because the way I am doing it the way I am making it work and how day by day it's getting more successful is I'm just branding myself. And even in that, essentially, that's what Queen Size Organic is. It's just being comfortable with being yourself, being unapologetic with who I am right here today, right now. So I'm excited for the shirts that are coming out. So... I have realized 
that one of the main things that has changed for me in the better is my perspective. That when I started to look at things that I thought were losses or things that I thought were negative, when I changed my perspective and I looked at them from a different way, I realized that I was actually being handed favors from the universe. I'm realizing that now. I took it as losing things and I was bitter and I was depressed and I was angry. But I realized that without every single one of those things that has happened to me, I would not be in the place that I am right now. I would not be the person that I am right now. I wouldn't have the mindset, the goals, and the aspirations that I have now. Ashley, two years ago, pre-baby, is very, very, very different from Ashley two years later, post-baby, post-nerve damage. Well, still dealing with the nerve damage, but... It's getting better. I really thought that I was ruining my own life, right? I thought that that C-section was a defining moment that would ruin my life and would stop me from accomplishing the things that I wanted to accomplish. And I felt that way because so much shit just went downhill after I had my C-section. What went downhill was the fact that my doctors ignored me for months about the fact that my pain was not controlled from my c-section they just thought that i was depressed and that me going back to work to be around my friends my work friends would make me feel better and that i shouldn't think about the pain if i don't think about the pain then i would feel better and that my pain was basically a manifestation of me being depressed So instead of offering physical therapy, anything like that, no, they wanted to give me medication for depression. And not that I frown my nose up at medication because I don't. I feel like if you need it, you need it. But I knew that that wasn't what was right for me. That wasn't what was right for me. And I told her that. And as I kept coming back and I said, you're not going to silence me. I'm going to keep coming back until somebody helps me. She passed me off to another doctor. And once she did that, when that doctor tried to reach out to her for notes, paperwork, all of those things, she was being she was really, really hard to work with. In return, because of that, because that particular doctor would not cooperate with my new doctor. Now, my job is denying my short term disability claim that I was injured from my C-section because they're saying my doctor said that there was nothing wrong with me. And even though now I was seeing a physical therapist, I was going to a pain specialist, and I had been diagnosed with nerve damage, that they were like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with your pregnancy and your birth. And I was like, yes, it does. I sure as hell didn't have nerve damage before they split me wide open and pulled my baby out. I, I, sure, I sure was walking by myself then. This is definitely related. This is 100% related. So on top of being in pain, on top of being dismissed by who are people who are supposed to be medical professionals, now my job is not going to pay me. And I'm also in jeopardy of losing that job if I don't come back to work. So you know what I did? I didn't go back to work. Fuck that job. I didn't go back. They were like, you know, it's really going to be up to you. I haven't gone back to this day. I don't know if I'm still technically employed there or not. I have no clue because I've never spoken to my manager again. I guess she's salty. I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm not really sure. But I didn't go back. And oh, God, it messed with my anxiety so bad. Oh, man. I thought, I was like, what have you done? You've given up a job with, with, with benefits and, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But the longer I stayed away, the longer I realized that I didn't want to be there anymore. Oh, is that banned? Oh. I started to look at it through new eyes, through a new perspective. I was like, because if I continue to look at everything the way I'm looking at it, I'm going to stay just as depressed. I'm going to stay just as suicidal. Remember I said I keep it a stack on here? I keep it a stack. I'm just, I'm going to stay exactly in that darkness that I've been sitting in for the last year and a half. I have to look at this from a different perspective. Okay, you don't have X, Y, and Z, but what do you have? Now you have ample amounts of time to work on your own thing. 
Now you've got time to create a t-shirt line. You've got time to do a podcast. You've got time to be going to the Women Grow Leadership Summit 2019, baby. You're going to be there for that. You are doing things with your life that you would not have done if you stayed in that seat at that desk in that office. Girl, when I tell you, when I think about shit like that, it gives me it gives me chills because the universe from the start was giving me an out from a situation that I knew I didn't want to be in. And the universe, it gave me a hint. I actually had an inkling long before I even gave birth to Harrison that I did not want to go back to that job. In my last trimester, I started passing the fuck out. I don't know why, but I would have these blackouts. I would come in the house, leave my key in the door, be passed out on the couch. And it was really scary because I was concerned that there was some type of blood flow problem. And if I wasn't getting proper blood flow, was the baby getting blood flow? And I was really scared and my anxiety was really, really bad. And I ended up getting pulled out of work to be on bed rest. My blood pressure would rise, it would drop. My heart rate would rise and it would drop. It was really scary. The whole time the baby was okay, but they said I needed to rest. Before, before I went out, I was like, you know, is there anything that I can do at home? I know that I'm leaving and I'm not supposed to leave yet and I feel bad. I felt bad then, I sure as hell don't feel bad now. I felt bad then. I was like, I'm leaving early. I'm going on maternity leave early. Is there anything that I can do? You still want me to do timesheets at home? Is there some, is there, are there, is there something I can do at home to help the unit? I do not mind helping the unit at home. I realize that I am on maternity leave earlier than what was expected. And I don't mind assisting from at home. The answer I got was no. Okay. So I offered, I said, I have a laptop. I offered, I offered to at least do timesheets, something. I was like, allow me to do something at home, but I'm, you know, I'm going to get paid for it. I'm not going to do it for free. I was told no, that it would be too much effort to get the programs for me. And they didn't know if they wanted me to have a work computer versus my own computer at home. So I was just told, no, relax, enjoy yourself at home. I said, okay. So that's what I was doing, relaxing and enjoying myself at home, going back and forth to the doctor and out of cardiology appointments, all of that. One morning in between my appointments, I get an email on my work email that I was still looking through and still answering because I was a good employee. And it's an email from my manager and they're asking about um, some type of time card issue. I don't even I don't even remember what it was. Now, mind you, I don't have access. I don't have access to that system. So whatever you're about to ask me, you already know I can't answer it. But I saw the email and realized that there was somebody up above us that was CC'd in on the email as well. Now, one thing I've always been good at is covering my ass. I will purr my last email your ass till I can't do it anymore. So I went back and I got the emails about that particular situation and I sent them to her. This is all I have. This is what I did. This is all I have. I don't have access to anything else. And you know that. And it ended up being kind of like this back and forth. And she's still CCing in this other person. Like she's trying to throw me under the bus to this other person. And I went ahead and I didn't respond anymore to the thread because I said, I'm going to shut this shit down right now. I did not respond to her thread anymore. And I emailed my manager separately by herself. And I told her that I was logging out of my email. I said, just, I said, I am in and out of cardiology appointments in my last trimester of my first baby. I am really concerned about what's going on with my child and I do not have the time nor do I have the willingness to sit here and argue with you back and forth over something that I can't look up. All I can do is show you what I have, but I'm not there. And in case you don't remember, in case you forgot, I offered, I asked to have access to these systems so that when these problems came up that I would be able to assist. But since you told me to go on my PTO and that y'all weren't gonna pay me to work from home, PTO means paid time off. I am not gonna sit with you 
four or five hours a day still answering emails and while I'm eating through my maternity leave. So if you would like to contact me about my well-being and how me and my baby are doing, you have my phone number. But other than that, I am logging off of this email. I am not going to be working for free from home. I am not going and on top of that, have you being argumentative with me. That situation right there was a whole two months before Harrison gave before Harrison gave birth, before I gave birth to Harrison. It was a whole two months. There was no way then for me to have known that I would have gotten nerve damage. It was never in my mind that I wasn't going to go back to work. Even in that situation with her, I was expecting I was still expecting to go back to work in January. But after that conversation and I logged out, that was my first time. It was a real subtle feeling, but it was my first time down in my soul where I was like, fuck this job. And I never admitted that to anyone. And I never even admitted it to myself. And even when I went down to visit the unit and get my coat and everything, I, I tried not to address that. But I, I never I didn't hear anything else from that particular manager. And it's OK. I don't have any hard feelings towards her at all, because I know that in the position of power that she was in, I'm sure people were coming down on her head about things that weren't getting done on the unit because they were used to me doing it. I was there doing it and then all of a sudden I was gone. And I felt bad about that. I did. But I got over, I got over very quickly feeling obligated to people just just so I don't feel bad about myself. That's a waste of my time. That was strike one from the jump. From the jump. Because I was like, man, if this is how it is where when I'm not there, I'm expected to still be on emails. I'm expected to be answering phone calls and text messages. Like, what's the point of having a day off if I'm still supposed to be at work? What is like, what is the point of that? And I realized that in that moment. That maybe this isn't the job for me, maybe. And I had already knew then that I wasn't going to stay long term in that position or in that environment. I knew that because at the end of the day. The medical profession wasn't my passion. Working in the medical field was not my passion. However, working there, they did tuition reimbursement. They would pay for you to go to school, all of this stuff. And I just thought, I'm like, well, you know, that's a guaranteed career path. If I work here, they'll pay for me to go to school. Sure, I'll have to get a degree in something in the medical field that I could do here at the hospital, but at least it'll be paid for and I'll have a degree. I was settling like a mofo. I had no interest in working long term at that hospital. And that's no shade to the people who work there. And there's no shade to the relationships that I built with the people who work there. But it wasn't my thing. I'm gone. And I'm glad that I'm gone. I really, for a long time, was sad that I couldn't go back to a job that I didn't really want anymore. Ugh. Ugh. And that's so... It's so funny to me because I really do think that at the core, at our core, we know ourselves and we know what we want and we know what we don't want. We know and we we still tend to sway from that sometimes because we're unsure in ourselves. And I'm talking about me. I was about to settle for a career and a job in an environment that I would have thrived on paper, but I wouldn't have been thriving inside. I wouldn't have been thriving. It wasn't my passion. And working around the people who work there and working around the nurses, you could tell that it's their passion. There is nothing about any part of any job about working at the hospital that doesn't require some type of passion. Because you got to be a people person because you're working with sick people. But there are things, there are elements to my job that I liked but I was like, man, I could do these things on my own and actually get paid way more money. Like what I was getting paid for the amount of things I was doing was insulting. It was insulting. And so that's why it really pissed me off that I'm at home eating through the little bit of PTO that y'all gave me. And you have the audacity to be interrogating me through email over something, you know, I can't see Bye. click, delete, close, whatever. 
whatever I need to do, this is not about to be it. And so now, two years later, after everything that went down, I'm glad I didn't go back. I still ended up at that very moment that I was at two months before I I even gave birth. I still ended up at fuck this job. I still ended up there. And I'm not grateful for the opportunity. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for the opportunity. It doesn't mean that I didn't learn a lot. I learned so much. I did. I learned so much. But I also learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself. And the more I stayed away from work for someone else and I got to work on myself and my own branding and my own content and my own art I really got to get in touch with who I was as a person the longer I stayed away from that place the more I didn't want to go back because I knew that the Ashley that was coming back to MCV would not have been the same Ashley that left my temperament is totally totally different okay okay And I already know that. I already know that having people snap at me, being smart, dropping and breaking shit. I already knew that my temperament wasn't wasn't ready to go back to that. I also had realized what I was worth. And I understood that MCV couldn't afford me. They couldn't afford me. In all reality, what I should have been getting paid for what I was doing... They didn't, they couldn't afford me. And I'm glad that they couldn't. I'm so glad that they couldn't. I'm glad they lowballed me with my salary. I'm glad. I'm so happy. Because it made me go and calculate what I was worth to myself. Because the money, the numbers that they was handing me, oh, it wasn't worth it to me. It wasn't worth it. It was it wasn't worth it. And I spent so much time, I cried and I cried and I wept and I cried because it felt like week after week I was losing something else. I saw people at the hospital going out, getting engaged, getting married, birthday parties, and I was no longer a part of that. I thought, I was like, you know what, fuck everybody, everybody being fake. When I was around, it was cool. Now that I'm not around no more, I don't exist. But it's okay. It's all right. I didn't lose anything. All I'm doing is I'm transitioning and I'm moving forward. When you have a car and that car runs and it's it's that reliable car for you. And then one day you see another car and you doing things with your life. Things are a little better. You got the money to upgrade and to do better with your life and you go do it. It doesn't mean that you lost your other car. It just means that you transition, baby. It just means that you move forward. So where I used to think, oh, they fake as fuck. Now I'm glad that they're living their best lives. I'm glad that they're all still friends with each other. I'm glad that they're all still cool. I'm glad that that work environment has created a relationship for them. But I understand I'm not there anymore. I have no hard feelings towards the fact that a lot of work relationships really do revolve around that first word, work. And that a big part of the connection that you all have is that building where you see each other all the time. I understand that. And I understand that now that I am not physically in that building anymore, that it also took away a lot of the things that I had in common with the people that I was friends with while I was there. And I appreciate when I do still get invited to things. And I appreciate when I don't get invited to things. It's okay. I'm still going to like and and congratulate you because I want to see you win. I want to see you win. You doing things without me. I don't see that as you winning and me losing. I see that as you winning from over there and me winning from over here, boo. I see you over there, boo. I see you. To all of the uh, the care partners and things while I was there, them girls walk around wearing blue and white now. They're nurses now. It's week of the nurse. They get to celebrate week of the nurse. I remember seeing them being stressed out about school and now they're nurses. I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for for everybody. And I know that me disappearing and all of that 
it probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they didn't necessarily know what happened. And I didn't feel the need to tell a whole lot of people what happened because it was my business. And I understand that me separating myself, that they also stepped back as well. Because a lot of people, they don't want to step on toes. And it wasn't them not communicating for me. It wasn't coming from a place of being shady. It was really just coming from a place of my presence. My presence wasn't there anymore. And I understand that. And that's okay. And as I go forward in my life, I'm going to look back on that. And I'm never going to think of it as a loss. Because those laughs and those jokes and those brunches that I had with those people at that time, that shit meant something to me. And the brunches and the lunches and the dinners and the vacations that I go on with people in my future, that shit's going to mean something to me too. But I'm never going to forget where, where I came from. I'm never going to do that. Working in the medical field, it toughened my skin. It did. Because around there, you got to get shit done. People's lives are hanging in the balance. You got to get it done. So while I'm grateful for the experiences, I'm glad that I'm not there anymore. I'm looking at all of the things that I'm about to do with my life right now, y'all. And I would have never, I would have never been able to do any of this without my nerve damage. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my C-section. I'm thankful for my extra time at home because it gave me the opportunity to be the creative genius that I am. Sure, I had an office. I had my own office. I had a key. You know, I, I, was, I thought I was big shit. But I was, I was that office. I was still locked in that small room. And that's exactly where I would have stayed. So now I'm moving forward. Now I'm looking at the next car I'm going to get. <laughs> I'm looking at the next car. The memories and everything, it's nice, but it's the past. And the best way to move forward is to just accept that it's the past. I'm not, I'm not trying to forget it. I'm not going to pretend when I'm popping and doing things different with my life that I never worked as a unit secretary. I'm not going to act like that, that I never worked retail. I'm not going to act like that. I did. And I think it was those core things and those jobs that helped build my, my foundation for the work ethic that I have now. I've worked hard for way less money than I was worth. And I've done that. And people make you feel like it's supposed to be okay to do that. They're like, oh, you are supposed to go above and beyond. On every single review that anybody has ever done for me, we have a discussion on if I'm going above and beyond my job description. But y'all aren't going above and beyond to pay me more, though, are you? No. No, you're not. I've always been a team player, and I've always been willing to give my utmost at work. I've always been super into keeping morale up at work, everything like that. I've always gone above and beyond. Even though I was off on Thanksgiving, I would come in and we'd make pancake breakfasts, breakfasts and all types of things like that. Come in on Christmas and deliver cookies and snacks because I knew that there were people who were taking time away from their family. I knew that. So sure, that was going above and beyond, but I never wanted to get paid for any of that stuff. I want to get paid for what I'm doing right here, right now. And the fact that I felt like I always had to have some type of argumentative discussion about you clearly see my track record of everything that I've accomplished and you telling me that you're not willing to pay me what I'm worth. And I realize that now. I didn't realize that then. I used to say thank you to this, to whatever you gave me, and I would move on about my life because I had a job. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I know what I'm worth. I know. I know now what I'm worth. And I know now that the place where I was was not the place I was supposed to be. And the universe sure sometimes has ass backwards ways of showing you things. But at the end of the day, I ended up with the result that I wanted, not working at a hospital anymore. Be careful what you ask for, because you just might get that shit. 
I tried to tell y'all, self-care is so much more than a hashtag. It's so much more. For me to get to the point, for me to say something like I'm grateful for my nerve damage, you know the amount of pain and anger and frustration that it took for me to get to that point. Because I had gotten to the point where I was about to give up. I was like, I'm about to give up. I've lost everything. I had to look at it through a different set of eyes. And I consider that revelation is self-care. I consider that self-care because I, I feel better. I, f- I feel better. I was really feeling some type of way. I was feeling some type of way about myself. And I was really feeling some type of way towards people. But I realized that holding on to all that negative energy, all that's going to do is stop me from getting what I want in the long run. If I stay angry and if I stay aggressive, if I stay hateful, if I stay anti, if I do all of that, if I'm wasting so much of my time on being negative and sitting in darkness, when am I ever going to do anything I actually want to do? When am I ever going to podcast again? right? I've been gone for months. Get on your shit, mother of raw. I'm getting on it. I am. I am. I'm happy for everybody who's been rocking with me that you're still rocking with me. I appreciate it. Like when I came and I clicked on my anchor account to get get myself ready to record another episode, I see that y'all are still listening and I appreciate that. I appreciate it so much. And I'm going to show you that I appreciate it. I am. I'm going to stop being antisocial because that's what I've been doing. You know, I've been I have been being antisocial. I have. But I really am trying to branch out. I'm trying to do different things. I'm trying to meet different people. I'm not going to allow my negative experiences in the past to stop me from having great relationships and great experiences in the future. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I am ready to step into my greatness. I've been afraid of it for a minute. I have been. I can't lie. Because I know that once I step into my greatness, that it's on. And that there's no turning back. You don't just stop being great. You keep, you keep getting better. And the goal is not perfection. The goal is, is in no way perfection. I like how I, I like the way I am flawed. I think it makes me a bit more tolerable and a bit more funny. But I want to get better. I don't like who I am when I'm depressed. I don't like who I am when I'm angry and I'm bitter. I don't like it. So even if every single podcast isn't shits and glitter, (laughs) I'm going to do one regardless. Weekly, every week. I'm staying on myself. So thank you for continuing to support me. Thank you for supporting Queen Size Organic. Please continue to feel free to reach out for me. All of my Instagram and everything is going to stay the same. I'm still mother of raw. And it's mother.of.raw. So none of that is changing. The only thing that is changing is the actual podcast name. That's it. But you can keep up with me on my Instagram, which is mother.of.raw. Mother.of.raw. That's what I am on Instagram. And if you want to email me, reach out to be a guest. If you have topic suggestions, anything like that, you can email me at mother.of.raw at outlook.com. It'll come right to my phone. But I hope everyone has a good week. And I hope you have enjoyed your blunt in the morning. I'll see you later. All right, so this episode is actually done and is all wrapped up, ready to be released this morning. And I'm still going to release it today. But I had to come and add one more little section because I couldn't wait. I am appalled at the amount of negativity, misogyny, and straight ignorance that I've seen towards Aisha Curry after their Red Table Talk interview. First of all, if you formed your opinion on that woman based off of a 30-second clip or a minute clip that you saw on Facebook or on Instagram or on ESPN, wherever the hell you saw it, you can go ahead and sit down. I'm not even talking to you because you don't even know what's going on. All right. 
Next, I actually watched the whole interview. I am a fan of Aisha Curry's. I have her cookbook. I use her cookware. I like her. All right. I watched the whole interview. I saw the whole context of what she was talking about. What actually all of the women were talking about when Jada asked them how they felt about all of these different men being around their women. Because even though they were all still powerful women in their own right, they were married to people who were also in the public eye. I am disturbed deeply at the amount of assumptions that has been made about someone else's marriage from a whole lot of people who aren't even in healthy relationships. How, how dare we judge the marriage of somebody else based off of a clip? Here are some things that I want some people to think about. One, I'm pretty sure that being married, that Aisha and Steph have had conversations about other women. Not saying that he's doing anything, cheating or anything like that, but the type of lifestyle that, sh- that they live, it's very possible that that's something she's concerned about. Now, add to that having three kids and now you're away from him probably even more. And sh- yeah, Aisha's got it going on. The girl's got so many things going on and she is still a, a great person by herself. She doesn't belong to Steph. She doesn't belong to him. They are married, and I'm sure that they respect and they value each other, which is something that should be in your marriage. But she still is a person. She still has her own emotions, her own feelings, and as beautiful as she is, as successful as she is, she might still have some insecurity. There is nothing wrong with that. Having insecurity doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. It just means that you have to love yourself that much more to love past your own insecurities. He probably still loves her through her insecurities. I know that I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have a man that has been willing to love me through my insecurities, through my emotional ups and downs, as I have done for him because it's a partnership. So unless anybody's talked to Steph and Steph is angry, I don't see why everybody on the Internet feels the need to make assumptions about their marriage. That's her husband. That is a situation between them two, those two. I mean, if they decide to break up, that's them breaking up. If they decide together, it's them staying together. We cannot and no one should diminish their whole family dynamic the whole foundation of their marriage based off of one statement I think it's ridiculous and what's funny to me is I went on another I'm glad I'm really glad that y'all show y'all's true colors on the internet so I can go ahead and delete that shit out of my life but it's really unfortunate that whenever you get a situation where niggas not men, because not all men are trifling, where the niggas get all up in arms and now everybody's a bitch, everybody's a hoe. That's really what I was seeing. Y'all bitches do this. Y'all hoes do that. Simply from us being like, maybe that's not what we would have said semantically, but we understand where she's coming from. We, we understand where she's coming from. That was it, right? Then I saw something about, saw another post about I forgot we live in a generation of people who listen to city girls. And I was like, wait, since when? Aren't, weren't y'all the same people who said, these are the same dudes who said that they were still going to listen to R. Kelly because the type of music you listen to, you can separate the music from the artist. And that doesn't mean that you live that lifestyle. Those are the same dudes now saying that everybody's a hoe because city girls are out. And if you listen to the city girls, you are a hoe. What? What? The double standard, it's like, it's astronomical. It's astronomical. And not only were there men losing their minds, there were little girls losing their minds too. 
y'all just don't love y'all selves. If I ever had a man like Steph Curry, I would never be worried about this, that, and the third. Y'all ungrateful. This, I'm like, wow. Wow. Of course, there's going to be a whole bunch of little sad little girls running around bashing Aisha, hoping that they break up so they can get them a baller. I see you. You're not slick, boo. You're not deep for real. You don't have all that self-love for real. You know how many women out there right now are really hoping for the downfall of their family empire, them two together, so they can slide on in? How many of them already try to slide on in whether they know he's married or not? Ain't nobody thinking about, ain't nobody thinking about all that, right? And then people get so up in arms about everything that you can't even, you can't even talk about your own life. I said on Facebook last night that after, after the ignorance and the drama that I've seen today, that I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my man. Some girl gonna get on my post and be like, well, that's not the narrative though. That's my narrative, boo. I was talking about my husband and she was like, oh, okay, that's all right. I thought she was talking. Don't make assumptions about what I said. I said what I said. Delete girl. Bye. I'm grateful for my husband. I am Which y'all y'all might be on here trying to break down and analyze Steph and Aisha's marriage, but you're not going to do that with me and you really shouldn't be doing it with them. A whole lot of people talking about my wife wouldn't do this and my wife wouldn't do that. You don't have one and rightfully so. And to all the women hollering about that they can't relate to her and they would have never they would have never felt like that. I know I'm beautiful. I know I got it. I want you to keep that same energy. When you standing in the mirror. Holding a baby, sucking on one titty, the other titty leaking milk. You don't know if you showered today, yesterday, or the day before yesterday. You don't remember the last time you had a full meal. There's bags under your eyes, crust in the corner of your eyes. You desperately need some Vaseline because you're dehydrated from all that pumping that you're doing. Your hair looks a mess, and there are unknown stains on your shirt, and that streak on your arm might be baby shit, or it might be throw up. You don't know. And you're looking in the mirror, and you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) When will, I, when will I ever feel like myself again? Where did I go? Keep that same energy. Keep it. And I hope it gets you through that, babe. I do. Because I've been there. I've, I am that girl that was looking in the mirror. Like, when, when will I feel like myself again? I understand that. And I'm grateful to my husband that he has helped bring me through that as well. But keep that same energy, baby. Keep it. And I hope it gets you through whatever you go through. Because the mindset that you have right now, that mindset right now, a whole lot of people are not, they don't need to be in relationships. They don't need to have kids. Like, it'll be best that you don't do it right now with a whole lot of the mindsets and the ignorance that I see. And that's why marriage is in its own lane. And the people who are in marriages, they're in their own lane with their own marriage. So for everybody that wants to be childish and ignorant, speaking on marriages and kids and wives, speaking on things that they don't have, that they don't know anything about, that they haven't experienced, trying to tell that woman how to experience her own insecurity, sit down over there at the kids' table and stay out of grown folks' business.